0: Pollock trying to steer around, picked off, center, they score! Feather back over to Manny, splits to the defense, he's shot, he scores! His on end there with Shillington, wide collision, Vl center and feed, they score!
2: This is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein. Hello, everybody.
0: Welcome to another edition of CUDA Confidential. Nick Nolenberger, joined alongside by Joey Goldstein, marketing manager. Goldie, it's a little bit different. Our first Zoom podcast, so it can go yeah. down in the books. How's everything going? Uh,
3: you know, it's not, it's not bad. I'm glad we got this to work because we've tried to do the, uh, the remote podcasting thing before. I think was it last last year when I went home for Thanksgiving or something like that, and I was trying to do it from Boston, and we had audio issues, and we couldn't figure it out. This is much easier. Much, this much is easier. much
0: easier. Yeah. That's the problem is I, I don't want to throw you under the bus, but I know personally technology, I mean, I can figure things out trial by fire and by uh, error, but it's usually things don't work the first time for me. I mean, yeah. let's just be honest. So eh, well, the yeah. zoom uh, thing has kind of taken over the world. So yeah, this, I saw
3: they had like, I don't know you know, how many millions of downloads they had in the first like week of this whole shelter in place thing, but. Yeah, if you got stock in Zoom, um,
0: you're probably doing pretty well right now. Yeah. you got um, stock in Zoom, you're good. And just about every other uh, major company, you're probably not Zoom, doing too well. Uh, but.
3: Zoom, Purell, Charmin,
0: Teams. Uh, so Microsoft, Teams. I guess, is probably doing all right. Yeah,
3: all, all those, all those, uh, those companies are probably doing all right in the stock market. Yeah. Um, but quarantine life, you know, it's. what Are we on week? week three week four of this now and it's i mean it's it's a grind it is but you know i'm uh you make the most of it i like to say that i'm thriving
0: yeah yeah uh, i mean you, you look know, good you look yeah, good I'm
3: just i'm just <laughs> doing what i can you know i gotta <laughs> i i all my days are exactly the same but uh yeah you know i gotta i bought a stationary bike so i just kind of sit on that uh for like an hour or two each day and i sits right in front of my tv so i sit there
0: and i play video games. Um do you sit on the stationary bike? You actually pedal?
3: I, I don't just use it as a chair. Yes, I use it. <laughs> Good rip. Um, no, I, I, do, I do pedal. I do use it. Uh, I got some home workout stuff that uh, Marcello sent me that I'm also working into the mix. So uh, just doing that and watching things on Netflix, cooking, things like that to just kind of stay busy and pass time. What about you?
0: Same type of thing. I mean, they haven't officially shut down you know, the parks here and the beaches. I'm over in Santa Cruz right now. So saw, I to saw take that and,
3: picture of you. Uh, it's a picture of you floating around <laughs> interwebs if you, you, uh, you surfing. I don't know. i know. Have to share that with the people if they haven't I seen know.
0: It yet. I know. I, I was, you know, got the water and my brother, my older brother made a funny joke because it was circled in our family group text and he says, way to keep a low profile. So <laughs> The beaches have been shut down in Southern California where he lives. So I think maybe he was thinking that they were shut down here as well, but they aren't yet. So everybody's kind of waiting to see if that's going to happen, but trying to take advantage of that type of stuff, getting outside, you know, running, running along the coast and just trying to stay active. I think everybody's kind of trying to balance Mm -hmm. that between going crazy, keeping your distance, being smart and, and cautious, but also trying to, you know, um, I guess clear the mind a little bit in a sense because we're all going through it. And that's kind of the unique thing about this is this is a day-to-day situation. We're all kind of going through it together. Everybody's waiting to find out when sports are going to return. And the crazy thing about it is I don't think anybody knows at this point, we do know one thing though, the American hockey league won't be coming back at the very least until May 1st Um, here in California. Of course, they, I believe they mandated that everybody's got to stay quarantined until May 3rd. So um at this juncture I think everybody would be shocked at least at the AHL level if we had any sort of regular season at this point Um, we'll see if they do intend to have some playoffs I think you're going to follow the lead of the NHL with all that though so yeah we'll see everybody is just kind of waiting we're all limbo we're all all trying to kind of figure this out together um as we just proceed along it's unprecedented times, so um hopefully everybody's staying safe and you're doing, uh, what you need to do to, uh, again, keep your right mind while also staying healthy, um, and trying to avoid, avoid crowds and things like that. So we're, there was some news though, and there has been kind of in the pro hockey landscape and that's signings, whether it's collegiate signings, which the sharks just announced a couple over the last two weeks, um, and you, you just see guys either drafted players or free agents in, in the Sharks case, and I think if I'm not mistaken with most of these teams can't officially sign on the dotted line at this point. So when the Sharks sent out their release, it was kind of a bit of a unique way in how they verbalized it. They've agreed to join the organization. They have yet to, to put pen to paper at this point, but, uh, Brinson Brinson Paschnuck, we'll get the name eventually down. Brinson Paschnuck from Arizona State, um, a left-handed shot defenseman, a free agent signing, um, played four years with the Sun Devils, was a captain uh, for that group the last two seasons, an assistant captain as a sophomore, and of course, a guy, Sharks fans, if you're familiar with the prospect pool, should be pretty familiar with this guy, John Leonard who is a Holby Baker finalist out of your alma mater, UMass. So a couple of big names, you had a defenseman and you add a high profile skilled forward um, to your prospect group. So I think Sharks fans should be excited about both these young players.
3: Yeah, I think these are two guys who um, really are, were two of the top, uh, top players in college hockey this year. I mean, John Leonard uh, – was a top I think he's a top 5 finalist for the Hobey Baker didn't quite make it into that top 3 which as a UMass alum I think he got screwed uh but you know uh, this is a guy who's got a uh, a scoring touch a knack for putting the puck in the net and I think as you know he led the country this year in scoring goals and was likely going to have a nice old deep tournament run uh with UMass before uh this virus kind of put everything on hold so uh, definitely something that the organization needs another guy I can score goals and and has that offensive upside, a a late round pick that I think uh, Sharks fans are really going to like. He looked great at development camp, teammate of Mario Ferraro's uh, when he was at UMass. So uh, definitely some excitement there. And and I would expect him to at least come in to camp whenever that may be uh, to, to compete for a job with the Sharks. But I would, I would expect we probably see him with the CUDA uh, quite a bit. And then as far as Pashnuk, uh, another guy who is highly touted, probably as far as, you know, undrafted college free agents, he was probably at the top of the list amongst uh, defensemen around the country as guys you'd want to sign with your team. Um, I know he had a small list of teams that he was looking at, ultimately uh, chose the Sharks. And I read some of the articles, you know, where uh, Kevin Kurz wrote and a lot of people talking about him coming to development camp this Past summer really had an impact on him, where he felt like this organization, you know, felt like a family. Everybody was just warm and and welcoming, and those are the things that you love to hear, especially from these college free agents, because other guys are going to see that and want to, you know, they're going to get invites to camps and things like that. Other guys are going to want to follow suit with that because of how well things have gone. Uh, he was here over the summer, I believe he was here with his brother too, um, who was a forward at Arizona State. Um, But, you know, a left-handed shot, which we are in pretty big need of here in this organization. So uh, definitely somebody who hopefully can come in and and, uh, showcase himself and compete here in a couple years down the line.
0: Yeah, I think you had good points of both guys. I've got uh, kind of a list of notes for both players. We could start uh, with the guy that you began with and John Leonard. Just 21 years of age, so still a young guy despite three years of collegiate experience. A six-round pick for the Sharks back in 2018. So another late-round potential steal for the organization who's just done a brilliant job over you know their history, finding guys in the later rounds. Um, he's an Amherst native, which is kind of a unique situation. His dad, if you're pro, you probably are familiar with the fact that you went to the school, but his dad was an assistant coach at UMass for their basketball program for five or six years. His dad actually played um, – college basketball and something actually, I believe a draft pick of the New York Knicks. Joe Will was telling me about that a couple months back. He was a Hobie Baker finalist. And as you mentioned, I think he got snubbed a little bit because he led the nation in goals with 27. He led the nation in goals per game 0.82. He led the nation in game winning goals and third period goals, third period points, game winning goals in the third period, multi-goal games and one of just three NCAA uh, players to register multiple hat tricks, so uh, he certainly had the resume to uh, win that award. Uh, but uh, when it was all said, uh, did not get the uh, honor. As far as Hockey East players go, he has 21 goals in Hockey East, which is known throughout really the college hockey landscape as the best division. So 21 goals in that league, 27 overall goals, which broke a UMass single season Division One record. So um, he goes down in the uh, history books in that. Uh, in that program, and of course, he was former uh, roommates with the Shark defenseman Mario Ferraro, so there's a connection there with the UMass uh, connection there, and the Sharks have had some success with UMass players before Ferraro, of course, Justin Braun was a UMass alum, so, you know, they've dipped into that pool before, so an exciting young player, and as you mentioned, we probably will most likely see him with the Barracuda for a good majority next season, kind of to be determined. I think uh, we all thought that may be the case with Ferraro, as well, um, but he ends up making the big club, and we never saw him down in the American League. So you just never know. It depends on what type of camp he puts together. But still, a very young player, intriguing. Just five foot eleven, hundred eighty-five pounds, but he's known uh, for having a really, really good shot. And then looking at the defenseman, Brinson Pashnuk, Again, you mentioned he had a brother. He was at development camp. The Sharks actually offered him a contract last year. He elected to go back to college, finish his senior year at ASU. He thought he had a chance to win a national championship. And for guys like. Pashnock and for Leonard, obviously a disappointing end to their seasons because NCAA hockey came to a conclusion with the pandemic outbreak, so they just essentially ended the year. Um, he's an Alberta native, a kid who decided uh, to skip going the, um, the junior route in which you can't play college hockey, so the major junior route, and instead uh, wanted to play some college hockey and eventually uh, ended up with his brother at Arizona State. But a captain for a couple years was an assistant captain um, he led the nation in shots among D-men with 121. He was tied for second in goals among all blue liners in NCAA hockey with 11, and he was third in points. And you mentioned, Joey, needing left-shot defense. I kind of put a list together going through the organization on Sharks' left-shot D-men. And he, as you look at the team right now, Mark Edward Vlasic, a left shot. Mario Fuaro, a left shot. Jake Middleton, left shot. But He's a restricted free agent. Brandon Davidson, he'll be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, next year, he's a left handed shot. And then, of course, Radeem Shimic just signed an extension. He's a left handed shot. They're thin on the right side. Tim Heed's a guy who's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Of course, Burns and Carlson are long, locked up long term. Got some guys uh, maybe on the cuffs in a Tony Sund or Temi uh, Kinyasev, who was a draft pick just 19. will probably go back to junior. Of course, Nikolai Kanishov, Trevor Carrick, they're uh, left shot D. So there's an opportunity, I think, maybe not right away at the NHL level because there is a bit of a log gym uh, uh, in terms of guys that play that left side but guys who are potentially going to be right on the cusp I think this is a kid who could jump right in and maybe push for an NHL job next season so to get a kid like that who again you didn't have to spend a draft pick on I think is exciting for Sharks fans a little bit undersized but um, a proven leader and a proven point producer from the blue line at the NCAA level. Yeah,
3: let's let's not forget too. As we're talking about defensive prospects, you still got Ryan Merkley, who's a right-handed shot, who's yep. likely coming in next year uh, to play in some capacity. Um, but I think with these two guys, I mean, you look at Pashnuk, and one of the things that I read is, you know, he was he had an opportunity to go to I think it was University of Vermont, elected instead to go to ASU, which I think where he had there was a quote from him that said he thinks that that may have hurt him and a reason why he didn't get drafted because he elected to go to. A school that was really just kind of starting out. But both him and Leonard deserve a lot of credit because they were huge pieces in turning their respective programs into what they are today. I mean, ASU is a very, very new team to the Division I ranks, started as a club team and kind of worked their way into being now a, you know, a, I don't know if you you really call them a powerhouse just yet, but they are one of the dominant forces in college hockey, and he was one of the driving forces behind that. And John Leonard, along with Mario Ferraro and Kale McCarr and a couple of these other guys who have been signed in, you know, the recent weeks, they had a a big big impact on turning the UMass program around, which, for the last couple of years, has been terrible. I mean, they were really really bad. And even when I when I was there, I was there. I saw Matt Irwin play along with a couple other guys, uh, Casey Wellman, James Marcoux. These guys all ended up playing in the NHL, and they had a really really good season. But since that year, They've kind of been down. So uh, you're getting two guys who are leaders, uh, they're they're natural leaders, they've worn letters, and have helped uh, kind of turn things around. And and they're used to a winning culture, which I think is what you want to bring them. Those are the kind of guys you want to bring into this organization, especially after a year like we've had this year. Uh, You want guys who know how to win and have that pedigree. And I think both these guys come with that resume.
0: Yeah, it's exciting to get a couple of young kids out of college, but still pretty young. You've got a 21-year-old Leonard, and, and Pashnuk's just 22 years of age. And, and again, two nice pieces that you can throw into. We'll see about development camp, or whether that ends up happening. No word on that right now. But you can throw in a training camp, and these guys can compete. And for a guy like Pashnuk, who's not a drafted player, maybe just get his feet wet and start with the barracuda. For a guy like John Leonard, maybe the same type of situation little bit more experience in terms of a guy who was drafted and just being on the national stage having played in a national championship game just uh the year prior so a couple good pieces to add did have an opportunity um the media was able to talk to both players um over the last few days so i would like to play a couple clips uh from those conversations. And one of the things that we talked about, and we'll start with, Brinson, is his uh, his decision to go back for another year. Again, he had an opportunity to sign. He said during the uh, press conference to sign with San Jose last year at a development camp. He elected to go back for a senior season, and this uh, was a few of his thoughts on why he made that decision.
1: I think there was, there was a few reasons for sure, but um, I felt one of the main ones was I came to ASU to to build, help build something, and I hadn't felt like I had accomplished as much as I could on an individual level um, for this program. So that that was a huge factor. Um, I wanted to win a national championship so bad. Um, unfortunately, we didn't even get a, a chance at that, as, along with the rest of college hockey in the world. Um, and like I said, I had just got married, um, so I was just trying to just to figure out how to not. Uh, not piss my wife off every day. Um so just a combination of all that and my brother, I mean, like that, that could have been the last time I ever got to play um hockey games with with my older brother. Um so just just all of that and I wanted a degree. I mean, the odds were against me maybe to not uh, not get a degree in my younger days of life. Um but I had that opportunity as well, so I wanted I really wanted to do that. Yeah, um Well, they they actually offered me a contract at the end of last season. Um, I went to their development camp, and and we talked more about that, about my decision to return to my senior year. And um, we built up a really good relationship there. And um, they gave me their word that um, they weren't going anywhere on me, even if I if I was going back from my senior year. And uh, they truly showed that they they treated me with nothing but the utmost respect. So, um, when me and my me and my wife and my family made the decision to, to go to San Jose. It was uh, one of the most exciting days of our lives. And uh, a couple of days ago, it was really cool when, when San Jose released it, that we've agreed to terms. Um, so now it's just uh, getting my, my name on that paper um, in the very near future.
0: I had the opportunity to ask a question, too, to Brinson as well. And one of the questions I had for him was, with the Barracuda being in San Jose, was that a selling point for you to sign with the organization? Was that an intriguing thing for you to have the AHL team so close? And this is a kid who's just 22 years of age, but he is married. And that was important for him to be close to the NHL team because whether he's up or he's down, his wife and, you know, his maybe potential family can be in the same city. So this was his comments and his answer on that question that I presented to him.
1: Yeah, that's, that's definitely huge. I think there's. um, even such more of a a level of, you know, just getting better every day because, you know, there's the, the GMs and and the coaches of the NHL team are, are able to come watch practice every single day and um, just help you develop in in little areas um, during practice where, you know, those, those NHL coaches might not be able to do that. And if their teams in a different state or, or a different city, but yeah, San Jose is a, a very cool um, dynamic, and I'm so excited. Nick, uh, sorry, Princeton, this is our-
0: We also heard from Greg Powers, who is the head coach of the Arizona State program. Um, this is a guy, as, as Joey mentioned, this is a very young program. They were a club team just about five years ago, and Greg Powers is actually their head coach when they were at the club ranks, and they got the ticket to get up to the mcaa division one uh level and they've really started to soar thanks to powers and this was powers comments when asked what type of player sharks fans and barracuda fans should be expecting to join the organization
2: and and he's going to be he's going to be a really easy player for fans to like and appreciate um his compete level every shift he doesn't have an off switch um so you know he he played on average of of 28 30 minutes a night for us and there were nights where he wanted more minutes um you know so he he can play in any situation and and uh he's just an energizer bunny that can do it all and i think fans are really going to appreciate his his work ethic more than anything
0: so some insightful stuff from both brinson and from greg powers head coach of the arizona state sun devils about what sharks fans should expect again this is a very I think humble kid, a really hardworking kid. One of the things that uh, I found interesting uh, when Powers was talking about him was he said, no one's really going to outwork this kid. He he just has a motor. And it reminded me of Mario Ferraro last year in training camp and even in development camp. That was the buzz about him was that no one was going to outwork this kid. I mean, his energy was contagious. And I think that was a big factor on why he ended up making – the big club when everything was said and done it was just his relentless work ethic and kind of mentality that he went into every single day and every single practice. You could see it with the naked eye, the type of energy that he would bring every day. So just not knowing a ton about this kid, that's certainly an, an encouraging kind of piece to his game is that he's, uh, he's not going to get outworked by many.
3: Yeah, no, I think people are going to be excited to to see him play. I mean, I, he wasn't somebody who, during development camp, I, I really paid a lot of attention to. Uh, I really had my eyes more selfishly on on those UMass guys and and some of the guys who I was more expecting to see uh, come in this past season. Uh, but he's this is a guy who works hard and and he like you said he's not going to get outworked um, and definitely bring something into the organization that uh, you know we need in 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 the depth chart and something that hopefully can he can follow suit with uh, a guy like Mario Ferraro and have a great camp and, and really make a case for sticking on that NHL roster come start of the season.
0: We also, uh, as I alluded to, we had a chance to catch up with John Leonard as well. Um, the media was through Zoom, uh, which seems to be the path for all uh, conversations for nowadays Everything as doing <laughs> uh, as we speak. And um, one of the questions that I thought was really interesting was why John elected to, return back for his junior season. It's a path a lot of guys will take Um, more common for him to go back for that junior season compared to going back for their senior year. But Mm. one of the things that um, was brought up was the fact that although he was part of a team that got to a national championship and certainly could have won it um, the year before last, he wasn't, he wasn't quite ready. And that's uh, that was admitted by both his coach and by himself. And this was uh, John's response Um, when that question was presented to him.
2: Uh, I think the biggest thing was, uh, you know, my overall commitment and, and, um, you know, to conditioning and being able to play top minutes every single night and uh, having that consistency day in and day out. Um, You know, my sophomore year, that was something I struggled with a little bit was, um, you know, being able to play those those top minutes every single game and being consistent with it. So uh, that was one of the biggest things I focused on this past summer was just conditioning, um, you know, skating as much as I could, running, all that kind of stuff that, uh, you know, helps you on the ice.
0: So on the flip side of his answer, one of the questions that was also presented, I think Kevin Kurz asked it off the bat, was why now? Why is now the right time to turn pro and join the Sharks organization? And this was Leonard's response.
2: I mean, it was a a long, tough decision with my, you know, my family, coaches, um, advisors. And we just thought. You know, I'm ready for the challenge, and um, obviously it was a very tough ending to the year. Um, but, you know, with all that being being said, we thought uh, it was a great time for me to, you know, try to make the jump and uh, start my pro career.
0: So you put the type of year that he put together, no surprise he elected to turn pro, and it's a nice little offensive piece for the Sharks. Is they're not – I don't think – every. no one, I think, is going to admit that they're in any sort of rebuild with the type of talent that they have on the organization – but it's about retooling on the fly. We've seen them be able to do this and stay relevant over the last few years. They've got a lot of high-end pieces, but they need young players to be able to contribute in the next, I'd say, year, year and a half. So they hope that these two players could potentially be in that mix to contribute and be effective players at the National Hockey League level. Now the question is, will we see them in the AHL? Most likely, we often do, especially with the team in San Jose, being able to flip-flop. So... um excited about these two young players. And again, you've got your alma mater and UMass, which is starting to really produce some high end talent, especially over the last couple of years. And then Arizona state, an untraditional uh, college program that I think is only going to get better. It, it's hard to, uh, hard to deny the fact that uh, Canadian kids and kids from the Northern part of the United States wouldn't want to go down to Arizona state and play collegiate hockey, especially now that they just continue to get better and better. So, um, I had a I had a kid that uh, actually played for the team I work for in Odessa, Texas, who's now on the Arizona State Sun Devils hockey team. And he, he sent me a message and said, you're getting a really good kid, um, as good of a character guy as you're ever going to find. So um, some encouraging words.
3: Yeah, that seems to be the the thing. Obviously, we, we know what these guys have done on the ice. I mean, you got got Leonard's a guy who obviously has had a great year when you can make college hockey looked that easy from an offensive standpoint maybe it is time to take on a new challenge and passion has been a a great steady defenseman uh, for Arizona State but I think another big piece that has not I don't don't know so much if it's gone under the radar or just some people aren't talking about it as much but you get into great great character guys and great quality guys I know um, in seeing some of the things that have been written about uh, Brinson he's very you know involved in in community and, and its faith and things like that and I just having seen the campaign to try and get John Leonard votes for the Hobie Baker um obviously being an Amherst native playing in Amherst um having grown up there he's you know he takes the time he goes to schools and he reads and he goes to youth hockey practices he tries to give back as much as he can so um another big piece that I know that our organization prides themselves on is is good character people good quality people who who care about the community that they play for uh, and i think that's a big piece of it as well that has kind of flown under the radar a little bit it's not like we're bringing in these bad eggs we're bringing in some really really good people who are only going to make this organization better
0: on and off the ice yeah i think that's a great point when you look at kind of the free agent pool the sharks have kind of I kind of zoned in on over the last few years these are high high quality guys right and a lot of them are worn C's or A's they've been in leadership roles they have winning pedigrees um, so for a guy like Brinson, a free agent uh, again very uh, glowing words have been said about this kid and um, you know again a guy who does have a nice little winning pedigree having kind of lifted it a unknown collegiate program to to relevance and had him ranked and they had big hopes to, to push for a national title, but it uh, wasn't meant to be with all, all that has went down. So yeah. um, one other note with an AHL connection, I did see uh, come down the news pipeline at a Colby Cave, a guy who um, familiar to, to Barracuda fans having been a member this past year, the Bakersfield Condors, a former, I believe, a former Boston Bruin uh, prospect, but um, a guy who, unfortunately, some very uh, very scary news. They just medically induced him into a coma. He had, um, from what the news cycle has said, not a ton of information so far, but uh, some sort of uh, brain bleed that occurred, I believe, when he was sleeping, mm-hmm. so um, some scary stuff. There's a lot of health concerns you know, throughout the world right now, so... Um, the first thing you think when you think coma was—is this—is this a corona impacted coma? Not the case. I'm Not exactly sure what caused uh, the medical issue, but um, you know we're thinking about uh, his family and, and uh, his future and some scary stuff. So uh, our uh, our prayers certainly go out to the the cave families. Uh, wouldn't wish that on anybody.
3: Yeah, the cave family and the condors and
0: yep, just the Oilers organization yep. in general. I mean,
3: I I know. Um, the hockey community is very tight knit and just having seen the, the outpouring of support that uh, John McCarthy got when he had his stroke uh, earlier this year, or I guess last year, technically late last year, um, the outpouring of support that he got, um, you, you you knew that the hockey community was going to stand behind Bakersfield and, and Edmonton and and be there for them. And you've seen lots of outpouring of support through social media and things like that. Um, definitely something, we are going to keep an eye on and, and you know, we hope for nothing but the best for for everybody involved.
0: So one other thing to try to shift gears, maybe to a, a bit of a more positive note, the American Hockey League did announce um, its man of the year award. So each team has a representative and then the league chooses an overall winner. We saw in year number one. Uh, Ryan Carpenter won it as a member mm-hmm. of the Barracuda this year's nominee is Manny Weider and there's no one more intimately involved from a community standpoint with Manny than yourself uh, dealing with him and trying to get him out to these events no one's easier um, to get and nudge to these events it's often him who uh, volunteers himself so um, you want to throw a few words on, on Manny and we all know what type of guy he is but yeah. uh, really his impact and his, uh, his commitment to the community of San Jose.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, you know, there's every, every year we nominate somebody for this award and, and every guy seems like they're better than they were the year before. I and mean, last year it was Antoine Bebo and the year before that it was Bebo and we had Grosnick for two years and Carpenter the year before that. So it's, I mean, every, every guy does a lot for the community, but Manny has been a guy who he's very similar to Ryan Carpenter. And the fact that it's not, uh, they're willing to do anything at any time. They they don't, they never have pushback. They're always willing to help out because they there's a true, not that the other guys haven't, but there's just a true understanding of of how important it is to give back to the community and and help people. Um, Manny's very, very rarely ever turned anything down that we threw his way. Uh, Anything we asked him to do, he he was willing to do it with a smile on his face, whether it was, you know, two straight weeks of appearances or appearances one after another, two in a day. He was always willing to do it. Uh, always willing to fill in if we needed something. If somebody got sick the day there was an appearance or somebody couldn't make it because they had family in town and time, we were strapped and, and couldn't, just needed somebody to bail us out. Manny was that guy. He would just willingly do it. Uh, he was influential in helping get a lot of these young guys to start getting more involved in the community. Uh, I mean, we, this year we did, close to 60, if not more, just total player appearances from October till uh, the end of February. Manny alone did a third of them himself. Um, so, you know, 20 appearances is, is a lot, um, especially when there's a lot of school visits and things like that that get built in. Uh, but he's great. I, I don't have enough good things to say about him. He's a good character person off the ice. He's a leader for this team. On the ice is a guy who wears a letter for us, um, so definitely a, a well-deserved honor. And I think the the nomination that we put together that Faith helped us write before uh, before she left, I think, really gives us a good chance to to have our second winner in team history. I know a lot of the time you look at the the winners of these awards, and a lot of these winners have that there's one kind of piece to their they've. Done on and on above and beyond to, to help out with uh many may not have that one signature piece but i think just the sheer magnitude of what he's done and the impact that it's had um should make a really good case for him and uh you know hopefully he wins and even if he doesn't um we certainly think that he was he's the most deserving of all the uh all the candidates that are nominated so i guess we'll have to wait and see what happens here in a couple of weeks
0: and it's a good point to bring up faith as well. She's no longer working for the team. She has uh, since uh, elected to move to Texas with her family, but we do want to give her a bit of a tick too, because she was highly involved in uh, a lot of those events that Manny uh, mm-hmm. participated in, but uh, no one more uh, deserving than Manny. What a guy. And uh, I think everybody on the team and within the staff would have nothing but good things to say about this guy. And uh, if he does end up winning the overall um, award, the Yanni Dupree, uh, more than um, it would certainly deserve because that's it's the type of commitment that he put forward this year, um, almost unprecedented. So uh, yeah. congratulations to him and uh, we'll see who eventually does get uh, that nomination. But uh, exciting to to have Manny as our representative this year. Uh, Joe, anything else before we uh, say so long for the week? Uh,
3: <sighs> what, <laughs> well, it's quarantine life, right? So we're all here stuck at home and what can we... What more can we share with people who are listening in? You got any, you got any Netflix recommendations, any movie recommendations, things people can watch, music they could be listening to? I mean, what's on, your, you know, what's on your quarantine list? What are you doing when you're stuck at home if you're not out running on the beach or surfing or living that <laughs> beach lifestyle? What are you doing that uh, people can kind of pick up on?
0: I did get on the, the Tiger King train, and I got on it early. So I didn't realize how big of a deal it was because I kind of I watched it kind of first when we, we got into this quarantine thing. So I just was watching it um, with my girlfriend. We were just like, what is happening? I mean, it was every episode. There was a different turn and a different character. Yeah. It is incredible. Tiger King
3: is <laughs> – it. <laughs> I mean, if there's one word to describe it, it's electric.
0: It is electric.
3: It is, it is unbelievable. Just from start to finish, the twists and the turns. And I, I gotta be honest, I don't know who the bad guy is in the whole story. I don't know who the good guy is in the whole story. But what I can tell you is, I cannot get enough of the Tiger King memes and the videos and all the stuff that's floating around on the internet right now. Every time they all make me laugh, whether I've seen them once or I've seen them a million times. They are all so funny. Um, Tiger King, I highly recommend it. It is uh, just such a wild, wild look into that that life of owning exotic pets, and also a wild look into the life of running a zoo. Kind of. Uh, it's 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 a must watch. Yes, it's something
0: it's watch. that you would never even think would cross your mind, nope. nor did you think existed. And the big kind of stat coming from a stat guy, you know, broadcasters that we love mm-hmm. the stats. The fact that there's more tigers in America in in basically in privately activity. owned zoos than in the wild, which is incredible. Yeah. So um, you can take that and uh, use what you want with it. But um, some wild stuff. The other one I'm watching right now, because I'm done with the Tiger King. It's a little bit, I would say, more on the corny side, kind of filled with drama, drama, drama. But it's called All American. It's, uh, I don't know if you, you just gave me the point. You know so what? it sounds like you know you're what? on it too. I,
3: I heard, I heard these when you were on your FaceTime with D. Simone after, uh, after I got torn to shreds for my NHL 20 skills. Which, by the way, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back at him right now. Uh, I'm supposed to play with Desi, and uh, he was all ready to play, and then he just tells me, "Oh, I actually don't have the game." So. Um, that's never going to happen. Uh, but I probably would have put him through the blender, uh, as we played, but yeah, I heard him recommend all American, So I, I gave it a watch and, uh, it took me four days and I'm done with two seasons. So <laughs> that's kind of,
0: it, it, I'm having trouble. I'm kind of, I feel like I'm toward, I'm in season two, but it's, um, it, it's kind of stress. It's sad, but it's kind of stressful. Uh, I it feel is, my it's, hypertension it's, is rising with this it's show.
3: very. I mean, it's, he he nailed it. It is certainly drama filled, and there are oh. twists and turns at every corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is super corny,
1: yeah. like the, the corniest
3: minutes. of corny shows. I will say, uh, oftentimes when you get shows like that, where they get actors who are trying to be athletes, they don't come off as athletes. These kids do look like athletes. They do. They, the kids know how to. Throw They're well built, and they don't look awkward. Um, I, I've been watching. I. Rewatched all of friday night lights which is one of my favorite shows uh that's another one where they got good uh good athletes playing but like there are some scenes where the guys are playing basketball and he's supposed to be this big basketball star and he looks like he's never shot a basketball in his life yet he's making every shot so like sometimes it doesn't fit but yeah this show all americans seems like a, a much cornier cheesier version of friday night lights to some degree um but i think it uh I mean, obviously I watched it in four days. I couldn't stop watching it. Um, but I'm kind of like that where I you start watching a show and you don't want to stop it. Cause you're like, Oh, well I kind of want to know what happened, but I don't know. So that's a good one. I, I do recommend that as well.
0: Well, I think next week we've been asking players uh, because it, it kind of became popular and I was just talking to Thomas Gregoire about it during our FaceTime, but, that question, who would you want to be quarantined with on the team? Who would you not want to be quarantined with? Of course, Logan said he would not want to be quarantined with Jumbo Joe. So I think next week's podcast, we'll try to get a guest on and we'll present that question to the guests. But I also want to hear your answer to that as well. And that doesn't necessarily have to be part of the team. I think I'm thinking more for us, I'm thinking staff. So
3: for next week you want that
0: for next week so okay. do some thinking you know ponder it a little bit i know we've all got uh, time on our hands so all right um we'll, we'll present that question next week but uh i think we wrap this one up we're running a yeah. little bit long but good stuff
3: yeah well it's been a while we haven't had we haven't talked in a while I and mean, it's <laughs> it's nice to see somebody's face <laughs> yeah. other than uh my roommate which is You know, it's just it's it's just nice to see people. Yes, it is. See people and and interact with something other than a a TV screen or a computer screen. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Looking forward to next week. Can't wait to see what we got.
0: Yep, yep. We'll try to get a guest on next week. Spice it up a little bit as we continue along. But just uh, again, um, from the organization, I think I can speak uh, for the organization. You know, we're wishing health, happiness mental stability as Thomas Gregoire kind of talked about. I thought was a great point. You know, keep your mind fresh, try to find activities, um, try to find little different things. This is an opportunity to learn new skills, maybe read uh, read a few extra books. Um, I've been trying to work on my Spanish a little bit. So try to pick up on different skills, make this a productive time, stay safe, wash your hands, Avoid big groups. And uh, we look forward to seeing everybody very, very soon. But for now, we'll talk to you all uh, next Tuesday.